And welcome back to the Cinemania World Podcast, everyone. My name is Dwayne, and today we have another episode of the Box Office Report Show. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Larry Chili Boy Tilson. Hello. Hey. What is going on, Larry? We are recording live in the flesh at San Diego (laughs) Comic-Con. How are you? What's up? Good, we're here. Uh, the con is over, so this, uh-huh. this live box office show is almost our last hurrah. I'm ready to hit back home, but it's been a fun week. Yeah, so before we get into the box office, I want to talk about your first San Diego Comic Con. What do you think? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Obviously, it's a lot different than the normal Comic Con and yeah. what we've been used to, certainly for like the past decade plus, uh, with the strikes going on, but I still think there was so much to do. There were some days where my schedule was just like so jam packed. I couldn't even do everything I wanted to do or we would forget things we wanted to do. <laughs> uh, we fit in like five movies this week yeah. too. Yeah, um, we are. We helped this historic week at the box office. And yep, we saw Barbie. We saw Oppenheimer last night. And Across the Spider-Verse. Across the Spider-Verse. <laughs> and we saw Talk to Me. We saw Talk to Me. That one was not helping the box office, but uh, we did still see that one. We went to a bunch of different, like, activations, as they're called. Like, fan experiences all week. The Hulu one. I saw the line for that one yesterday, and it was, like, crazy. Yeah, no. Out of all of them, the Hulu one was the craziest line. As far as live, yeah. And then, like, the Paramount one was pretty long. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's been fun. And then, of course, just getting to hang out with everyone from the team. Seeing you for the first time in person. Seeing everybody. Seeing Hannah. Hannah's in the room. Hannah, what up? Say hello. Hey. Um, all right, so let's get into the box office for the weekend. We have a lot to talk about. There was so much going on this week. We were both heavily wrong with the box office this weekend, but sheesh, so let's get into it. We had the opening releases for Barbie and Oppenheimer, and that is it, a.k.a. Barbenheimer. That what took the storm this weekend. So let's get into the official numbers. If you want to follow along, everyone, we are looking at the weekend of July 21st, 2023, a.k.a. Comic-Con weekend. So let's go with number one. Let's get right into it. Larry, what came in at number one? Yeah, so driving her way into the number one position. <laughs> I just want to say something real quick before you start. I clicked mute my mic because at home, when you start... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but we're on the same Blue. mic. <laughs> we're on the same mic. Not bad. But go ahead. Yep, number one. All right, so driving her way into the number one position, we have Barbie, which grossed an absolutely stellar $162 million opening weekend domestic and $356.3 million worldwide. So the $162 million is far and away the biggest opening of 2023. Also, when not adjusted for inflation, it is now the largest opening for any film in history directed by a female director. Mm-hmm. It's obviously Greta Gerwig's mm-hmm. biggest opening far and away. Margot Robbie's biggest opening. Margot Ryan Gosling's biggest opening. It's also the biggest opening for a film based on a toy beating Transformers. Mm-hmm. So it's broken literally any and all of the records. 
So okay, so okay, so going, I think our our early predictions, even like not even just us, I think like Variety, they were weeks ago, weeks and weeks and weeks ago, they had it coming in in the sixties, and then recently they brought it to like okay, it's gonna be like around in the member we we're talking about in the nineties, like a hundred, yeah. But then going into the weekend, it was saying like Barbie would do like. What was it? Was it what was it at 150 this weekend? Yeah, after the Thursday, because this Thursday preview number was nuts. It was crazy, um, yeah. And I think yeah. that's when they upped it to 150, and then yeah. it even did 10 million more than that. Yeah, it yeah it did. The actuals came out today. We're, we're recording this on Monday, and the actuals came out at 162 million dollars, and that is nuts. I don't even know where to start because that is that the biggest one of the year. So it. Outgrossed Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider Verse, Mario, Super Mario, uh, any it's just insane number. Little Mermaid, it just got it's just an insane number. Uh, what do you think it was? I think it's a lot of things. First of all, I think the trailers were great. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were really fun. They were really funny. They sold kind of an atmosphere mm-hmm. to them. Those trailers. Yeah. That got people excited, mm-hmm. and it started this movement. So I, this is one of those times I feel like online really did help yeah. both Barbie and Oppenheimer. To be honest, yeah. we'll talk about yeah. that soon. But Barbie in particular, it it became this event, event film. film. As I haven't it, seen one like this in a long time. Yeah, even like superhero movies haven't done this. In a when long we time, say yeah. we went on Thursday we night, went Thursday night. Not only was the whole theater, I would say like 80% pink, not just our movie theater, the whole theater, like the everybody theater, in the, yeah. on the yeah. crowd when you mm-hmm. were at concessions, everybody was in pink. But not only that, we had a lot of people cosplaying. A, a lot, lot of Barbie cosplays. The theater and at San Diego Comic-Con. At Comic-Con, Comic-Con there was Con. a lot of Barbie and Kens, a lot of Kens, a lot of Barbies. Yeah. And that is already now, I am, um, I don't know. I think somebody today I was watching a video and they were talking about nostalgia. I don't think it has anything to do with no. nostalgia. I think this has all to do because what's nostalgic? I guess like toys. But at the end of the day, but it's a toy. I feel like if it was like a Mario has that, like okay, it's a video game that you had to. Yeah, it went. You know, you brought down from generation to generation. But like Barbie is like, it didn't feel like one of those because there has there's there's been Barbie movies. Yeah, they have like, animated on, Barbie movies animated every Barbie year. Animated Barbie movies on, like, DVD. They're not doing, like, crazy like this. I know this is more of a bigger scale, but, no, I, I think this had something to do with just Oppenheimer and it opening up together, the memes. The, it just turned into a huge phenomenon. I think I think the uh, everyone dressing up in pink, I think all that, like you said, the trailers – the music, I think the marketing was like the best marketing that Warner Brothers have done in a long time. Since Suicide um, Squad. Probably the first since one. the first Suicide Squad, which is also Margot Robbie's in there too. Is her, her Holly Quinn kind of took everything by storm when that came out. So I think this is a, a, like an amalgamation of a lot of stuff. I don't think it's just one thing. Yeah. I think it's like all of, all of the women came together. Because we saw big crowded groups of women going to the movie. And stuff this weekend, but we went, we went to the theater a couple of times, and each night there was like pink everywhere. Yeah, every each single night, time. Yeah, every single time we went to the theater for Spider Verse, for this, for Talk to Me, for yep. Oppenheimer, every one of those movies, mm-hmm. a ton of people in pink everywhere. Yep, 
Yep. And like you said, we're tapping into the female audience as well. I know that over 50% of the audience that came to see Barbie was female. So yeah. it did skew heavier toward female. I do think this has that kind of quality but that the, if you want to talk nostalgia, it does have a certain quality that the Disney remakes have where adults like millennial adults yeah you know are hyped for this the yeah. gays and the women and the boy yeah. guys too yeah guys but they're hyped, hyped and they're bringing their kids so yeah. they have that kind of cross-generational i also think you know it's just if this we always talk about releasing and strategy of time it's a perfect summer movie like the oh, entire vibe I, of I the film yeah. and the trailers we're a really summer. good summer movie. I still think we're kind of in that place where people do want just something fun. Like, yeah. you want to have yeah. fun, and that's what the trailer sold. It's a little bit sadder and has, like, you know, yeah. some more depressing moments in the movie itself, but they sold the fun of it. And I think people were like, yes, I just want to go and laugh and have fun and have mm-hmm. a, you know, people bright recording. time. Did you see the videos of, like, the that girl recording herself with, like, she, she had an Oppenheimer clothes? And then Whoa. after that movie, she switched into like the Barbie pink. Yeah, it's like stuff like that. That stuff. It just became like a. You know what it kind of reminds me of? Remember that? T- when was it when that Minions movie was oh, last going year. crazy? Was that last year? <laughs> and it was it was it a Minions movie? And it was like all the yeah, suits, suits and stuff like that. Yes, that's when, what it reminded me of. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. When Sony thought like Minions did it, what Sony <laughs> thought they were gonna do, Minions actually did and yeah, turned yeah. a meme into like this big movement. Yeah, because that's the thing. I think we talked about it then, and there was another instance. People like to have something to pose like you'd uh, like to be a part of this movement so once the big pink movement started once the barbenheimer yeah. movement then started starts kicking in people who don't go yeah, and, you you want to be a part yeah, of that yeah. and i think you know i just think the the difference between barbie and oppenheimer what ended up being the big difference one i think is the length and the tone yeah, uh, yeah. barbie is just an easier sell to a bigger group of people yeah, more people yeah. you can get to come on board with barbie mm-hmm. and let me just say all the men were wearing it too uh, not all of them were gay for sure all the, in the, pink, the pink? Yeah, yeah we were in pink leo and i were in pink yeah. everybody was in pink everybody at that everybody movie theater. was in pink yeah our theater was ecstatic they were having a good old time it felt like going to a superhero movie like it as really far did. as like inside the theater the cheering the clapping the uh the singing along, all that stuff really worked. I think there was just a lot of things that went into why the it, the iron was it, it was it was really, it was a really hot movie as far as like going into the weekend. The momentum of it was just like building and building and building, where that number just kept increasing and increasing, and then to end it up to get as much to get higher than like the the biggest of Marvel movies like Love and Thunder and. Getting higher, yeah. It, it like, actually passed a Marvel movie for a record. Captain Marvel opened to one fifty three, yeah, and uh, this passed that to become the biggest. Yeah, and like it made it did better than uh, Quantumania this year. It's just like and like with that whole phenomenon with with the uh, minions. It's last year they opened to one hundred seven, so it's like the same kind of thing, but yeah. way more on a bigger scale yeah, when Barbie it came to did Barbie. It even bigger. The 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 marketing, the commercials, the music. Just the uh, that thing they released a couple months ago, as far as like it, that that became memed when it was like this Barbie is whatever when they dropped the character mm. posters that probably helped. Yeah, uh, just a lot of things. So, I mean, we'll see how the legs are because this weekend I don't think I don't think the haunted mansion is gonna Ooh. be. I mean, we'll see. 
we'll see what happens. But all right, let's go to number two. What do we got? Yeah, so the second half of Barbenheimer uh, yep. came in strong as well. At number two, we have Oppenheimer, which made $82.4 million in its opening weekend of release for Universal Studios. That was the domestic number worldwide. Oppenheimer took in $180.4 million. The film is a three-hour-long R-rated biographical drama that made $82 million. Um, Both films actually received the same a cinema Cinema score score. yeah yeah so word of mouth seems to be strong obviously both have strong critical reception as well yeah i really i just wonder this is i mean everybody's been talking about it already but yeah it really is something special we of course we have double features all the time of course every single weekend there's two movies that get released into theaters two blockbusters but wow what an actual phenomenon, this Barbenheimer. This started yeah. out as a meme. It started out as some meme on Twitter yep. Yep. that turned into like an actual movement that saw real world results. <laughs> T-shirts and posters, custom posters yeah. with Margot and Cillian Murphy. We got like, it just turned into- We had into, a ton of Barbenheimer shirts even in the theaters. Yeah, my, I, both of my shirts this weekend were Barbenheimer shirts, you know, and it's crazy. I, uh, I don't know- I, I we were talking about this on the ride home at some point, I forget which time, but I was talking about how I know that studios are gonna start Ugh. doing this now. Like, hey Universal, hey uh Paramount, you guys wanna release something at the same time and but you can't you can't you can't strike it twice. You know, this is one of those things where it wasn't intentional for them to come out at the same time as far as like for them to work together in a way. Uh they definitely came out in a sense of Okay, these both have the same release date, and then we started seeing those memes pop out months ago—the black and the pink, yeah. you know, the shirts with you know black and pink, the graphics that are black and pink of going, you know, going from uh, Oppenheimer to Barbie or Barbie to Oppenheimer and stuff. I think that really helped it. I think that's what made—not to say like no one doesn't have like a big—he does like as far as like a big reach when it comes to box office. His movies generally do really well. Yeah. But I think what helped it was this whole double feature thing. Like, let's go see Barbie. Let's go see Oppenheimer. Let's go see Oppenheimer. Let's go see Barbie. Yeah, because once again, not adjusting for inflation. This is Nolan's biggest opening ever outside of the Batman films, the Dark Knight trilogy. Right. Uh, So this beats out Inception, Interstellar, all of those uh, to become his new biggest. And I don't think we were really predicting that because, I mean, it is a three-hour biographical film and so that's a hard sell yeah but i also think and i hope studios realize Mm -hmm. is that yes they got general audiences particularly involved once it became a huge meme but that kind of started with film people because not you know the two aesthetics are so different that it's kind of fun to put them together barbie and oppenheimer the dark and the pink and all that but these are two beloved directors in film spaces particularly with greta gerwig and christopher nolan Nolan. so film fans were saying we're seeing them both like this isn't a competition for us this is just a double feature for us like we're getting greta and nolan in the same weekend yes please Right. right And I think that is why it worked. You got two quality movies, two, one, you know, off a pre-existing thing with Barbie, but Mm -hmm. Oppenheimer knew. Um, And I think that's really what it is. So hopefully, I'm really scared 
at the message that studios are going to take away they're from gonna, this weekend. They're going to try to do double features left and right, I swear. But what how, a special thing. How soon do you think we'll get like a double feature <sighs> of like a Marvel and a DC at the same time? It's just... I think that might strike something. Hold on. Hold on. Like, I mean, I don't think they'll be dumb enough to do it, but say like Marvel was like, I don't know, let's release like Deadpool with like Superman. Would that be kind of funny? Do you think? (laughs) Now, here's the thing is comic books are a lot more rivalry heavy though. Yes, like, that'll, I think, be, that'll be ugly. Whereas like this, this was like cute and fun. People came together. They're like, oh, it's not Barbie versus Oppenheimer. It's Barbie. Yeah, yeah. That's DC true. and Marvel doing it on the it same weekend. Be like it's going to become a bloodbath. Like, it's going to start yeah. coming. People going to be like, ah. No, you're right. Because, like, there were even, there was a guy last night with a shirt that had them both on it. Yeah. You know, both posters on the shirt, which I, that shirt got kind of big. But I think you're right. I think that's why it wouldn't work if they tried to do it, you know? Yeah. So, I, I, I don't know. I don't. I think this is a great number for both movies. Both of them over-exceeded expectations. Yeah. Barbie was in a lot more movies, uh, theaters, than Oppenheimer, though, which is a little... But Oppenheimer had all the premium. The premium, yeah. So I guess that outweighed so I would have liked to bit. see Barbie in like a Dolby. That would have been kind of Yeah, nice. so they yeah. had all the premium outlets. This is also the fourth biggest weekend in box office history. Yep. It is kind of wild to think like this whole box office still doesn't equal Endgame alone. Uh, that's what's real wild when you think it in your head. Uh, and you're like, wow, when are we ever going to see something like that wild again? Yeah. But still, uh, if you had asked us a year ago when we heard, you know, Barbenheimer, I don't think anyone yeah. was predicting like this. both of them to open over $80 million. No. The early, early tracking, uh, early tracking I saw today. Because somebody quote tweeted saying, oh, my God, they, like, quadrupled the early tracking. Barbie was in, like, 60. Oppenheimer was in the 30s, which is nuts. Like, you know, that we our predictions were around the same. Like, yeah. I think I was like, man, people were going to chill. Barbie's not, I was talking so much shit. Remember? <gasps> we were like, Barbie's not going to do, like, a damn, I don't know, 90 million. That's kind of crazy. But she it, came out and whooped all these superhero movies. <laughs> yeah, all of them. Like, I'm... The only one that beat Barbie was uh, Doctor Strange and Wakanda, Wakanda. Forever. And yeah. that's, that's it. Done. Top Gun. It's a bigger opening than Top Gun last, Top year. Gun last year. Like, it's yeah. nuts. This yeah. is, yeah, this is a nuts opening weekend for both of them. Avatar. It's 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 a lot. It's a lot. So now that, I mean, we'll get into what you and I have been talking about as far as, like, these release dates in a minute. Yeah. But now, after this weekend... We do have Haunted Mansion next week, but I feel like now is where we're going to start to die down as far as like these release date, these big release releases. So I think you think Barbie's going to have the legs to continue. Yeah, I think both of these actually should have pretty decent legs. Oppenheimer, I think Oppenheimer will actually hold better because oh really, it's adult skewing. Yeah, so it's like and older skewing movies usually have yeah. decent holds because older. Like, this weekend was for the Nolan fanboys, but yeah. there's probably a lot of old audience members. Like, oh, I do want to see Oppenheimer. Who aren't going to skip it. Who are going to skip it oh, we opening weekend because yeah. they don't want to deal with all that foolery. But they're going to come <laughs> next weekend and the weekend after. You know, they're going to keep coming out because they're going to want to see Oppenheimer. Yeah. They just didn't yeah. want to go opening week. Barbie, I think the good thing with Barbie 
is it's become such a zeitgeist film. Yeah. And now it's becoming divisive because, of course, the toxic the man baby yeah. bullcrap. They are yeah. out here burning Barbie dolls and Ken dolls and shit. <laughs> it's so stupid. Um, but actually, I think that works in its advantage, too, because I think it's pushing everyone to go see it because it's become such an event film. I think that's one of the reasons why Joker was so big, because Joker, remember mm-hmm. leading up to Joker, it was like the, oh, this is controversial, yeah. like people are threatening to go and see it and just made people go and see it more and then it crossed that billion dollars i think it's going to be like that if you're like annoying about barbie and whatever it's just going to cause more people to go and support it Mm -hmm. and go see it so i agree next week i mean we get into predictions later on but i also don't want to i don't want like universal to feel like slighted at all because that is a great number for Oppenheimer. They should be elated. That is a great number, especially going into the weekend where they were like, oh, they'll probably get like 50 or 60. To go to get to 82, that's a great number. So this I don't is the biggest think, R-rated opening since the pandemic. Yeah, I don't think they should be slighted by... I think I think releasing with Barbie helps them. Because if you release Oppenheimer in a random weekend i think yeah. it could have done like it like his, his usual what is his 40 usual? to 50 40 to 50 maybe it went a little 60 yeah but i don't not like this not an 82 it would not have done an 82 if it, if it went up and get if it didn't go up against barbie and we're already good uh oppenheimer's almost at 200 million worldwide it cost about 100 million to make yep barbie cost what 150 ish to make and I it's already believe, over 300 million i couldn't believe the people who were shocked at barbie's budget i was like why it's i think it looks really really good and stuff but i'm like these movies can't get made for little that's that's been our point these these past couple weeks with indiana jones costing 300 million dollars and the flash costing like almost 300 million dollars these movies can be made for cheap and make a make a profit back. Like it's Oppenheimer like, looks better than both of those films exactly. you just mentioned, and it only costs a hundred million dollars. Dude, coming out, we saw the trailer on screen. The creator looks all better than all of these, yeah. and I know the creator was not three hundred million dollars. No, I know Dude is not three hundred million dollars. Yeah, under two hundred for sure. So I don't know. People were like, "Oh, that's it? Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. usually." It's usually not that expensive. I just don't know what's been going on lately with Mission Impossible. I know that was like COVID stuff, but still, like, what the hell? Yeah, no, these movies have gotten wild. Like, yeah. uh, no. Yeah. But here you go. This is how you make a profit. Exactly. Yeah. Either you're a small art, little horror film, or yeah. you keep your budget in check, like Oppenheimer and Barbie. And, and you're Barbie's good. budget could have been crazy, given yeah. all the marketing and all those stars, all the stars involved. You know, the cameos. It could have been a bigger movie. So. Yeah, I, I mean, this is good on both of them. All right, number three. I don't know what to do about this movie. Later. Um, My hand is sleeping. <laughs> so number three, the, talking about controversy. Uh, this yeah. is definitely being fueled by controversy at this point. I agree. We have Sound of Freedom, which has now made $124.4 million at the box office after making another $19.8 million in its third weekend of release. That is a 27% drop from last weekend, though it did add 20 theaters to its theater count for its third weekend of release. Wow. Who in their right mind would have thought Sound of Freedom was going to whoop the hell out of the flash at the box office this summer. So what's the controversy with this? 
So the controversy really is like follow- Jim. I haven't been following. I hadn't really either. But Jim Kesevil, who yeah. is the star, yeah. is running around spreading a lot of misinformation about like these uh-huh. kidnappings and these like QAnon theories. Yeah. And then the man who the film is about was like exposed for fabricating a lot of things uh, as like oh. being this hero. Their part, like they were really peddling that stuff on like Wayfair with the child names. Uh-huh. Uh, that they were using Wayfair as like a child trafficking um, website inside of the like dressers and shit that they sell. Oh my god! So they they really peddled a lot of crazy stuff. So that's the real controversy about that. Angel mm-hmm. Studios, because on the base level, I know a lot of people thought it was because Angel Studios mm-hmm. usually produces like those faith, God's not dead style faith movies. Mm-hmm. But that's not this one. I don't think this one is faith-based almost at all um but it's more about the people behind the camera rather than the movie itself okay well it only dropped 27 percent. so there's here's the thing also though it's obviously catered to the conservative of the audience they've really started to do the conservative if you look at the music charts this week, uh, Jason Aldean, who's a country singer, just released. Is he on the soundtrack or something? No, he just released this song though called. Like, I saw that. Try this in the south or whatever. I saw that clip. And it was like people thought it was racist, and they're like, "What the hell is this?" It Guess is. what? It shot to number one on Billboard. It is. Uh, yeah. So that's the thing. When you do that for conservative audiences, when you give them problematic stuff to hang their hat on and, and grab. Celebrate and to... They come out hard, I don't know, to make some weird point and they push mm-hmm. it up. And that's what they're doing to Sound of Freedom. That's what they did with Jason Aldean. I'll be seeing it um, because my grandma wants to see it. Mm-hmm. So I'll be seeing it now because it's made enough buzz that it's gotten to her. Um, <laughs> so I'll report back after I watch the movie. <laughs> tell you if I think it's a mess or not. Hopefully... I'm really hoping it at the very least is one of those movies where the people behind the camera might be a mess, but the movie itself is... It's like, okay. Yeah, it's not yeah. that. It's not like peddling those messages. But we'll yeah, see. Yeah. Regardless, it's a small studio. It's up to 124, which is just nuts. Ridiculous. Absolutely nuts. Yeah. Um, yeah, because that, that's... I didn't even know it was it got into, it got into that high, too. So that is crazy. All right, number four. Four. Sheesh. All right. So coming in at number four, we have <laughs> Mission Damn. Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One, which came Damn. in just barely behind Sound of Freedom at $19.3 million in its second weekend of release. That is a 64.6% drop for Mission Impossible. That brings the latest Mission Impossible up to $118.6 million domestic and $370.7 million worldwide, again, on a $300 million budget. So, okay, let's talk about this. Let's not do this again next, next year with these release dates. <laughs> these release dates being like a day. Like, okay, it was, we just talked about how Barbie and Oppenheimer kind of helped each other become bigger than what it should have been not saying that i think barbie would still would have done really well had i think but i think barbie would have been like 150 more be 140 yeah if they didn't have the whole juggernaut with oppenheimer i really do think they both helped each other cross that path okay so 
what's not helping these movies is doing uh, re- like releasing right after each other and uh, you know trying to like upend each other this summer that's all we've been seeing like dial of death remember we saw like fast x then it was little mermaid then it was spider verse then it was this then you know what i yeah that has to stop because these release dates have really harmed these movies and i don't think mission impossible got this bad of a drop because of its quality although i wasn't crazy about it i thought it got this drop because you got two juggernauts coming out this weekend and it's like you just became the lame duck after you came out last week and people gotta go see barbie and oppenheimer this week um, so I think we should not do this again. The, the studios, if Tom Cruise had enough pull, if Tom Cruise has the pull, a long time ago they could have changed that release date to, to, to just somewhere that where, where there will be a little bit more breathing room. He wanted the premium screens for the movie, but they all went to Oppenheimer this week. I mean, Nolan gets those screens when he releases. So it's like they should have done a better job at planning out when to release the movie after I don't know they could have pushed it anywhere. Yeah. I feel like it would have done it would have been doing a lot better of a job. Yeah, no, I completely agree. It's yeah. it's one thing to get that like Barbenheimer double feature, right? But right, to release, right. you know, on your own and then have an, another big movie come out the next week almost always like kind of ruins your own momentum. And they're lucky because they did they came out with each other and now they have very little competition. Uh, yeah, no, Dead Reckoning, either people already had spent their money on what they wanted to watch or they were saving because they knew they were going to watch two movies this mm-hmm. weekend. Like, getting that release right before Barbie and Oppenheimer was a death sentence because they knew I agree. everybody was like, oh, we're going to go see two movies next weekend. So yep. we're not going to go see, we got to save our money. We'll see that later. And yeah. yeah, we knew it. He was mad, mad that he was losing those IMAX and premium screens. They had to move the date, dude. Uh, but I don't mean like, oh, two weeks before Barbie and Oppenheimer. I think they should have moved the day after Barbie and Oppenheimer even. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing in August, really, besides Blue Beetle. Which, well, yeah, but like August could have worked for Mission Impossible. September even, maybe. I yeah. don't know, but coming before the Barbenheimer event was not a good idea. Horrible. Not a good idea at all. Because if you think about it, Barbie and Oppenheimer brought in how much how how much dollars together? Domestically it brought in like two hundred and forty. Two hundred and forty million. What do you think you're gonna do against a two hundred and forty <laughs> million dollar movie? Yeah. You know? So mm-hmm. it, it got it got absolutely killed. It got killed. Like sixty four percent drop. It it's just, it's the biggest drop, it looks like of the weekend. No, yeah. number nine, we yeah. got down at the bottom of the top ten, but really dropping from number one all the way down to number four. It's Woo. crazy. And it's sound of freedom completely usurping it too yeah. as well. So, I mean, tough days for the Tom Cruise. Tough days. So, I mean, that's a tough drop. But uh, even this next movie didn't even drop that crazy. But it it also didn't open last week, you know. So, number five, what do we got? Okay, so holding on a little bit at number five, we have Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which made $6.6 in its fourth weekend of release. That is a... 45.6% 45.6% drop. That brings the latest Indiana Jones film up to 158.9 million domestic and 335.9 million worldwide. Yeah, uh, I think that is okay. I still have not seen this movie. 
But a 45% drop is not bad. I think they, they did lose a lot of theaters. Yeah. 980 theaters just because they had to make room for her for the other movies coming out. Uh, and yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty good. Still pretty good. Six million yes. is okay. It's okay. It's fine. It just if only that budget wasn't so big, it would be looking okay right now. But sitting at just over three hundred million dollars. What did I just say? Three hundred and thirty-five million worldwide off of a yeah. three hundred budget. Not gonna cut it. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. Let's get into. Ooh. Yeah, we, we gotta talk. Ones. So let's get into. Some of these holds, they have some really good holds, but I also got to get into, we also got to talk about stuff like Joyride, and then we're going to talk about another movie that I think is doomed, Ooh. and I mean doomed. Yeah. Actually, two movies I think that are doomed. Um, so let's well, get right into some of these holds. Elemental, holding strong, say, 37%. We're going to keep talking a little bit about Elemental, because it's yeah. turned into... A film that has held really, really well all yeah. summer. Um, and it's up to $358 million worldwide, 137 domestic. It's the biggest original animation since 2018 or 19. Yep. So actually really good. It's like whopped uh, light year from last year for Toy Story. Mm-hmm. So, hey, may, you know, this became somewhat of a sleeper hit again. If only that budget was lower, it could be an actual hit. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Insidious up to 155 million worldwide. Ooh. 49% drop. That is not bad at all. Um, yeah. Let's talk about Spider Verse because yesterday, <laughs> out out of nowhere, you know, so you can film your Nicole Kidman stuff. Yes. And because I was like in a mood, I was in a moody mood. And Hannah Ooh. came with me. We all went. We saw across the Spider Verse, and to our surprise. It felt like okay. I don't want to say it felt like opening weekend. That's a little crazy. Yeah. But it made of it felt like seeing the movie on like a second weekend, to where you get a couple of new reactions of people not seeing it yet. Our theater, for the most part, at across the Spider Verse, were new viewers yeah. by the reactions and stuff like that. So and it was packed. That ha- yeah, it was a good amount of people with, along with Barbie and Oppenheimer. Yeah, they. I think that's a really good thing for Across the Spider Verse and it opening up. It only dropped fifty two percent this week, and I think that's week number eight, and it lost nine hundred theaters this weekend too. So and it still is, only dropped fifty percent, which is uh, great. As it continues to close in, it's getting closer and closer. It's, it's, it's six seventy five worldwide, so we'll see if yeah. it gets that seven hundred. Yeah, and then we have Transformers mm-hmm. and No Hard Feelings, like getting slashing twelve hundred. Oh, no. thousand theaters, yeah. Yeah, they really... So this is it for Transformers this weekend for sure. Yeah. <laughs> they said, and, we're done with you. And then Joyride. Oh, my. Lionsgate just took out 2,400 theaters. <sighs> I tried to find time because initially... Yeah, we were going to go see that. We were going to go see that instead. I initially was looking at Joyride. Uh, and I was like, oh, I haven't seen Joyride yet. That'd be kind of fun. And they had one time available. Spider-Verse yesterday had four times. Joyride had one. And it was at like nine o'clock. Okay. Nuts. Not Hannah sleeping. She's snoring. She's. <laughs> so I guess should we talk about the movie we saw this weekend? Because we talk about Joyride. Let's so, go ahead and talk about the next movie they're doing this with again. All right. So we went out and saw A24's Talk to Me on when did we go? Thursday night? 
Yes. And it was a nice little midnight. No, not Thursday. Uh, Friday night. It was Thursday because we saw Barbie and then we oh, and then we right. and then we chilled. It was Thursday at 10 yeah, p.m. Thursday was crazy. Yeah, we so. did two movies at 10 p.m. this week. <laughs> one well, of them one being of them was, a three-hour yeah, movie. We got home at 2 a.m. last night. Jeez. So, <laughs> so we saw Talk to Me, and it was a crazy, crazy, crazy amount of people there, right? But you know, it's a it's a yeah. fun, free San Diego Comic Con. San Diego Comic Con weekend. But then I go home and I get like two more screenings for Talk to Me coming up before the movie comes out. Now I don't know when the release date is next weekend, but they are they killed this movie. They killed it because again, what happened to Talk to Me? What happened to Joyride? Joyride, like I don't want to say bombs, but it didn't like it made like a bare minimum like what three million dollars? Yeah, five mil. And Talk to Me, I think because of all these screenings, I've, I've now seen it twice. Someone that we met in line, they only saw it. They saw it four times. Yeah. And the movie's not out yet. So that's an issue. Yeah, they're screening that, it way too much. That again, is an issue. They're doing this again. And a horror film, you don't need to do this with. I'm telling you, all you have to do is give people a scary enough trailer. That budget right. is low for Talk To Me. Yep. They did not need to have a huge opening weekend, but they could have had a good run. I think this could have been... I mean, it still could be. We'll see. But yeah. this should be a sleeper hit. Like, Talk To Me, I think, yeah. could have got legs and done pretty freaking well. We'll see. Um, but Joyride. I think marketed, marketed right, A24, horror. You have, like, a gimmick. You know what it's like? You like, we have, like, a horror gimmick yeah. that usually helps with marketing. Like, oh, yeah. the hand. Oh, yeah, it does. The hand was, like, we got to go to a par- after party after we saw it. <laughs> And I got my little pictures with the hand and stuff. Ooh. It's so cool. A lot of people, if you market it to the right audience, mm-hmm. I can see so many people wanted that in their house as like a little, yeah. you know, a little like collection yeah. kind of thing. And if marketed right, they could have gotten all that. And I don't think they're gonna get that next week. Yeah, that's that's the main problem is just well, how they're gonna do it. But yeah, that uh, Little Mermaid dropped hard this weekend. Ooh, yeah. there's some huge theater slashes. Nine hundred ninety-five. Theaters, uh, Asteroid City yeah. got slapped hard with 73 this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's, uh, I mean, and I love Talk to Me. Don't get me wrong, woo, though. Woo, look at number 18. Number 18, what do we have? Ruby, Ruby Gilman. 83% drop, dropped 1,200 theaters, $178,000. That is awful. In week four. That is awful. Like, this is the DreamWorks bomb of all DreamWorks bombs. That is, after, it just is so crazy. Coming off of the bad guys and Puss in Boots 2 last year. Yeah. To this. Yeah. Woo, woo. Horrible. Just a horrible release, horrible strategy, horrible marketing. And it's paying for it. It only has $15 million to its name domestically. That is just Awful. Just the worst. We do have theater camp doing a nice two hundred eighty thousand, yeah, nice and uh, and how many theaters? Fifty one theaters. 51 not bad. Theaters, and I think it expands even a little more this week. So that's fun. Yep. So, uh, yeah. So was there anything? Oh yeah. Okay. So we got to talk about some tracking. Um, before we get oh, out of here. God. So the next big, we got to talk about this DC universe. I know that's been a topic all summer with the box office show. But right now, our next DC Universe movie is supposed to be Blue Beetle. And right now, 
Blue Beetle is tracking a horrible release of 12 to 17 million dollars. That is just awful. Just that's that's not even like I thought I was a couple of weeks ago when I when we were talking about Flash, I was like, yeah, Blue Beetle's going to do like 40, 50, 12 to 17 million. I mean, dude, now I think it's gonna get. I think it's gonna get a little closer, a little like higher than that when it comes out. I hope. But if it does release to that low, then uh, we have to talk again about what the hell is going on. And James Gunn said that's our first character of this new DC. Well, is that how you want to start it? Because that is just one of the worst openings for. That would be the worst opening for superhero movie, ain't it? I mean. It has in to the be modern right there. Era? In the modern era, a twelve million, a twelve to seventeen million dollar Ooh, opening. God, I think so. The Suicide Squad, you with 26. all the twenty, even like things that came, didn't Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. I think it was in that. It was like sixteen, seventeen. But that was and that like was literally in the middle of a pandemic. In the middle like, of a pandemic, no vaccines, nothing out. We were like a couple of months removed from the pandemic starting. And it opened that to that number. And it released, uh, you know, at home, too. Tenet. Tenet, a movie that came out in the pandemic, like, four or five months within the pandemic, opened to, like, did that open? It's, like, 20? Yeah. So, if that... Oh, man. That is terrible. I mean, it, yeah. I hope they're wrong. I hope... I hope maybe there's some Latinos under the under the floorboards that pop up and decide to go watch <laughs> this, please. Um, and I feel so bad for like Zolo because he can't yeah. promote his film, and this is like his first big break, you know. Yeah. And yeah. if this bombs, you know, he might be like, "Ooh," the people might be like, "All right, well, bet." Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, any other things from the box office this weekend? Yo, what am I seeing here? With what? I'm seeing tracking for the Haunted Mansion. Okay. I actually haven't been on, like, tracking. Box office has tracking for the Haunted Mansion opening to around $32 million? I mean, that's a great number, but why is that not coming out in October? That I mean, okay. That's not bad though. That's really good. I I, I was not expecting uh, tracking to be as high as that, to be honest. So we'll yeah. see. Because I have heard like no buzz for the haunted mansion. Like I really not that I have nothing. I have heard nothing we, about we it. We saw a panel. We saw the panel. Simeon, who is awesome. Amazing, amazing. He sold director. that movie more than any other marketing I've seen. I agree. Yeah, um, I agree. They just haven't. Though I will say, oop, Dwayne gonna kill me. Because I'm Those literally are... taking a Barbie and her car back for me and my suitcases. Cinemark has this popcorn bucket that's that damn globe woman. Oh, it does? Yes, Ooh. from Haunted Mansion. And I'm like, all right, well, bet. I think I need to get it. <laughs> so I'm on some tracking right now for some upcoming stuff. And uh, we have a pretty solid couple of uh, couple of weeks ahead of us, I'd say. Strays is, is tracking 18 to 28. Okay. That's not bad. Uh, we have the Meg 2 tracking 26 to 35. That's not bad That's as not well. Bad. We have the TMNT. Mm-hmm. Listen, I think, I hope what happened to Spider-Verse happens to TMNT, which means the first one is not going to open up crazy, but I hope it garners a massive audience down the line. Yeah. You know? Uh, 
I think what we saw at that panel was just great. I thought I thought the trailers were great. The footage that they showed was great. The cast is great. I hope that I know they I know they're gonna open up a little low, but spot so in Spider Verse. Spider Verse the first one opened to like what, 30 something 30, million? Yeah. So if TMNT opens to like a thirty six, that's good. And then like mm-hmm. garner some some fans for the next one if they end up doing another one. You know, Yo, Dwayne, so, what a year for animation, bro. Year for animation, yeah. Cross the Spider Verse. We got like, I'm just hype, but we got Mario killing it. I loved it. Gotta get Dwayne to watch Nimona because this Oh, is I actually pop. do want to watch that, yeah. So my list. So my list and now so my we got list. TMNT coming up. I really I'm telling watch. you. I really think I think Dwayne would probably like Elemental more than I did too. Uh but yeah. it's about to be a bloodbath at them Oscars for that best animated uh at least nomination. I, I think, think Sony's gonna try to get, get Spider Verse at the best. Uh, let's hope. Let's hope now. Cause if they do that, could they do both? Mm-hmm. Like, oh they could. Okay. Um right. not Spider Verse. Let's Spider Verse do like Ooh. Best pi- no, you don't. Ooh. You don't have that score set to go do that best picture. Don't even play. I'm like, when's the last one? Is the last one is still Toy Story three, right? That's the last time an animated film got a best picture nomination. Yeah, Toy Story three. It's been that long. And was that able to also get both mm-hmm. nominations? Okay, cool. So Spider Verse got to get in there if, if we I can. Just can't believe it. But talk yeah. to me coming out next weekend. Probably nothing. Let's yeah uh, five. I'm gonna go six for talk to me, yeah, and that six. sucks because I think talk to me could have been a nice little fifteen to twenty million. And those trailers are really selling it well. I think Listen, I, love I love the, the trailer. I love the trailer. Talk to me. I love all that. <laughs> Not Dwayne in his Australian era. Yo, that little actor was there. That's in talk to me. He was running around that he after was party. The after party. Yep, <laughs> Tell yep. me why the groups, the people in our group, were shook when they heard his little Australian accent, even after they just watched <laughs> him the, in a movie. One of the directors were there too. Yeah, one we of the did, directors. We didn't get to meet him, him, but he was. Oh, there. I met him. Oh, you did. Oh, don't. <laughs> Ooh, hold on, man. I met him. He said, "Oh, I met him." Um, yeah, so. It was really fun. If you're listening to this podcast, go watch Talk to Me next weekend. Yes, it's it was good. Really good. If you're a horror fan, I think you're really gonna enjoy it. I saw it twice now, and I really liked it. I, I want to get back out for Barbie next week again, but I, I could see Talk to Me again. Ooh. Don't play with me. Hold see, on. but yeah, I'm, I told you, I'm. I take my grandma to the movies because she likes to see them all, and I'm getting these tickets. And Barbie is packed for yeah. tomorrow. I'm yeah. already trying to book my tickets, and those theaters are. So I think it's going to be doing well all week. Real quick, how much you think A24 is going to charge for that? You know they're going to release the hand on, like, they're going to ship it. I want it in my room, Larry. <laughs> how much you think they're going to no. <laughs> Well, a- no, in A24, maybe 500 Um <laughs> I almost took the hand with me. I shook it a little bit to see if it was bolted (laughs) to the table or what. I almost took it with me. Oh, man. Okay. So, all right, guys. I think that's it for this weekend's box office, our live edition for the first time from San Diego Comic-Con's box office. Larry, why don't you let everyone know they can follow you? Yeah, I'm still putting it all together, but I am trying to get a big vlog. old vlog together of I can't my to watch it. experience. You'll see Dwayne and Hannah, Leo, Kayla, oh, Matt, all these people in the background roaming around, bopping their little heads around. <laughs> uh, so I'm trying to get that together as well as my, I did a roundtable interview with a bunch of composers for things like the Marvels and the Boys and Gen Z and all them. 
And then oh, I why you did go to that. That's yeah. what was at TMNT. And yeah. then I spoke to the voice actor who does all of the like Hanna Barbera voices, including Bugs Bunny and stuff, mm-hmm. including in Space Jam, the new Space Jam. So I'm trying to get all these videos up soon. But you can find them over at Chili Boy Productions on YouTube, and then you can follow me at Chili Boy Productions on Instagram and Chili Boy YT on Twitter. All right, everyone, you can follow me on Twitter at Cinematic Four. You can follow the podcast. On Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Cinematic Your World. Thank you guys for joining us. My name is Twain. That is Larry. And that is Hannah snoring in the background, if you can hear it. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye bye.